Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Cued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How you been this week? Uh, pretty good. Pretty busy. Uh, doing a lot of painting and building. Uh, preparing for a painting competition next month. Um, actually working on two different entries. One is a Warhammer. Uh, Space Marines Ironclad Dreadnought, and the other one is a Gundam uh, Master Grade Barbatos. I've uh, been working on both of those diligently uh, for the past few days. Uh, well, a lot each day, you know, working on what I can. And the uh, the Master Grade Gundam the Barbatos that I'm building. Um, fantastic build, at least what I've done so far on the inner frame, because they have an inner frame and then you put the armor pieces on over top of it. And the engineering in them is pretty ingenious and this and that. Um, normally the inner frame is a very dull, similar to a gunmetal color, but it doesn't have a metallic sheen to it. Yeah. So, and I've sent you pictures of it. You can see the difference in the color. Um, I'm painting it a lot gunmetal metallic color, uh, the inner frame. And, you know, of course, the hoses and cables will be black and everything, which I've already got some of them painted black. But um, because there are so many pieces that make up the inner frame, like literally over 100 pieces uh, probably close to 150 pieces in the whole body and the inner frame and upper, you know, torso, arms, legs, hands, feet, head, all that. I'm having to break it down little pieces at a time and doing sections at a time. So I'm priming, I primed the, I broke down and primed the arms. Then the next day I painted the arms because I let the primer get a full day's cure in. Uh, broke down and primed one leg painted it this morning or yesterday evening uh no painted it this morning uh primed the other one went to paint it this afternoon like literally less than an hour before we started recording here and i got almost all of the pieces of the right leg primed and i ran out of paint the only thing i don't have primed are the four parts that make up the foot So, my Master Grade Gundam Barbatos doesn't have a right foot, just like me. (laughs) Um, But uh, I don't have, because I'm using Tamiya Light Gunmetal. It's a rattle can, spray can, and it gives an incredibly smooth finish. I don't have a similar color. I have a color match and Citadel paints, which is Dawnstone, but the problem is it's not metallic. I don't have any metallic medium to make it metallic. Um, Army Painter, the only color match, the closest thing is called a field gray, also not a metallic, and is more gray than silver. So I had to order a can of fucking Tamiya spray paint about an hour ago. Fortunately, I found it on sale for $5.39, uh, plus tax uh, from a website called scalehobbyist.com, which is where I usually get my Tamiya spray paints from. 
and they usually ship. I should have it next. I should have it by the weekend, um, which is a good thing. It just means that no more painting today or tomorrow or Friday unless it comes Friday. Well, no, because I have appointments tomorrow and Friday, so I won't be home. So, I mean, that sucks. That's a little bit of a drawback, but, you know, I can work on my Dreadnought in the meantime. And uh, I can uh, actually work on the rest of the body and cut out and sand the parts and prime and paint the parts of the armor. I can do all that in the meantime and get it ready to go. But, you know, I'm not at a stall. It's just not like, oh, I can't make any more fucking progress right now. And I do have, like, another month to, to finish this thing. So it's not like it has to be done this month. So... Yeah. I'm just uh, focusing really hardcore on it. Uh, it's looking fantastic so far. Uh, but yeah, um, watch the Super Bowl. Um, you know, football's over now, and I'm sad. Uh, my team didn't make the playoffs. They got eliminated. They fucked over their quarterback, and then they cut him yesterday. Uh, because if they'd still been on the roster today, they would have owed him $40.4 million today. And they're like, well, we're not paying him that money. Uh, let's let's cut him. Uh, and then they, as a result, didn't get any compensation for him, and now they're, they're mad because he wouldn't work with them. Oh, you shouldn't have fucked him over. Well, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, what's funny is I don't have cable, you know, I have mm. traditionally, for the past few years, used, for the past three or four years, used Sling TV for my TV services. Uh, like, the combination package Sling Orange and Sling Blue together for like 75 bucks or whatever. With the sports package, that's how much it is for all that combined. Only thing is, it doesn't include local channels. But I have Peacock and I have Paramount, so I had, you know, I, I, I had NBC and CBS covered if they ever aired anything that I wanted to watch. Um, but I didn't have Fox. So I've not been able to watch any games that are broadcast on Fox unless they were on the Red Zone channel. Well, the Red Zone channel can't carry just one game, uh, so obviously it wasn't going to be on for the Super Bowl. So I had to, I had to find a way to stream the game. So I got a seven-day free trial of Fubo TV to mm -hmm. uh, stream the Super Bowl, and then as soon as the game was over, I canceled it. So <laughs> I had I had Fubo TV for about five hours. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, other than that, you know, just uh, just building and painting, priming, and. Watching the end of the football season and, you know, not being a bully on the internet. <laughs> referring to our previous conversation before we started. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's been my week. How was your week? Uh, it was good. I mean, I, uh, it was, you know, work. There's obviously work, but um, Saturday night I went to our buddy Andy's house, the one that we play D&D uh, &D with and uh, um, watch the Super Bowl at his house. We, we played a game on a Saturday night called Pico Park 
what Pico Park is, is it's a 2D style game with like 8-bit kind of cat, cat characters. But what it is, is a series of obstacle courses and puzzles that you have to solve with friends. And you go up to, up to eight players. So it was me, his buddy Chris, you know Chris. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, his, uh, his kids. Uh, six of us. It was a special kind of torture. Like, oh, yeah. it was funny. It was funny because it was a pain in the ass, but it was like... There were some moments. Oh, sorry. Oh, there were some moments that were really fucking like. So there's a puzzle. It's not even a puzzle. It's more of an obstacle course. But what it is is that there are a series of buttons that say "Don't press." If one player presses a button, all players die, and you have to restart. <laughs> it took us like a solid fucking 25, 30 minutes. Because it's, you know, you buttons, have to. The buttons say don't press them. It literally says don't push above the button. And it's just, and it's not because, like, oh, somebody is just fucking around. It's literally because um, it's, uh, you have to jump over the button. And if you just, if you fuck it up oh, just a little bit. If you don't time your jump, you land on the button. Yes. Um, we got to the end at one point. Like, cause that's the other thing you can stack on top of other players' heads to reach certain things like a key or something that then travels with the team. And, uh, um, Oh, pardon me. God, I don't know where this comes from. Ugh. Uh, so we got to like the part where you have to get the key. And then four of us went through the door and we were like, we fucking got this. And it was just Andy and his son, Zach. And Zach accidentally presses one of the buttons way to start over. Like, we had it fucking solved. And then mm. it took, like, another fucking ten minutes before we finally got it again. Oh, damn. It was... <laughs> like, it's funny in retrospect, but good God. Um, it took us about two hours to beat the whole game, and there's 12 stages, and each stage has four. So how many how many levels is that? I'm bad at math. 36. 36 levels. So. Oh, wait, no, 48, because... It's, it's 12 times four, so I don't know. Yeah, 48. 48, okay. Yeah, 24, 24, 48. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I just had to do it like multiplication or uh, addition in my head. Well, if you have four twelves, Greg. Um, but uh, so yeah, that was that, and then and then that night we just we just got really high before like going to bed. Um, but Super Bowl day was was a lot of fun. We had a bunch of people over. We played. Uh, have you ever heard of a game called Beer Dice? I have not. So the way that it works is you have a table, like a like a fold-out table, right? And at each corner, you have a cup that has some water in it. Kind of like a beer pong sort of cup. And um, what you have to do is you have to huck the dice a certain distance in the air. When the dice hits the table, it has to hit the other side. So like there's that line in the center. So it has to hit the other side. If the dice falls off the table, because like the other players that you're throwing in, against have the opportunity to catch the dice after it hits the table one time okay um, if it so if they can it, catch it after one are correct correct um here's the thing they want to catch it after one bounce because if the if the dice hits the table and then hits the ground that's a point if the dice 
hits the table and then a cup and bounces onto the ground, that's two points. So like a ricochet sort of thing. If the if the dice goes in the cup, three points. So bounce and then bounce off the table once into the floor, that's a point. Bounce off the table, then off of the cup, then into the floor, that's two points. Correct. Bounce off the table directly into the cup, that's three points. Yes, like the, the three point one can be like dunk, like fucking swish into the cup or bounce off the table into the cup. Oh, okay. So it has to yeah. make either a direct shot into the cup or at least one bounce off the table. Yes. Or a combination thereof. So you yep. so if you did two or three bounces and it landed in the cup, you'd still get three points. Correct. Okay. Uh, a couple other little things is that like everyone rolls a dice at the very beginning. Whatever that number is on the dice, you hold on to that number. So let's say you get three, right? Mm-hmm. The dice hits the table bounces around on the table but stays on the table if the dice is fit like that your number is facing up you drink oh um uh that's more of a drinking game rule like you can play this game without drinking but you have to have something in one of your hands like you can only catch with one hand so usually everyone's holding a beer um if you're not you know an alcohol drinker get away with soda i had a soda at one point because i was drinking i I had been drinking since 10 a.m so it's pretty lit by the time we started playing that at like noon. Jesus. Um, yeah, I was I was drinking heavy because I, I don't drink very often. It's like it's it's mostly weed now and it's right before bed. So yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I think the last time you drank was what last year's Super Bowl, maybe? No. I I I drank or on your birthday. I drink at my brother's house. Any? So oh, like, okay, okay. Last time I was there, which was Thanksgiving. No, it was this year we were over there. Oh, okay, okay. The fuck, day. The point is, the point is, you don't drink a lot. No, no, no. And I I don't drink so often that like it doesn't take much for me anyway. And I'm also a lightweight, which is weird considering my size. But, but yeah. So by yeah. But anyway, so beer, beer, uh, beer dice is a lot of fun, uh, but not nearly as fun as Andy's giant fucking shuffleboard table. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, like we played that. Like Mark and I got, you know, we, we convinced everyone to come play it. And then we just ran shop three times in a row. Now, is it is it like shuffleboard deck on the actual ground and you play with the long sticks or is no. it? No. Oh, okay. It's, it's the smaller pucks on an actual table. Okay. Okay. It's just a really long skinny table. But it's it's fun. It's super fucking fun to play. Um but yeah, so we did that, and then it was just like a shit ton of fucking uh, snacks and food all day. Like, I ate, like, absolute fucking shit. I probably put away 15 to 20 pounds of food the whole day. Jesus. Yeah. And then when I say the whole day, I'm, I'm literally, like, from 10 a.m. when stuff was put out to, like... 10, 10 p.m.? Yeah. Yeah. But like I, because I there was one point where I was so full, I was just like, oh, I can't eat another bite. And then it was like literally thirty minutes later, I was putting something else in my mouth. Hmm. So, but you know, I don't eat like that. <laughs> it was like you know, win in room, I guess. But, but yeah, um, yeah. And then the Super Bowl was like insane, dude. I enjoyed it until the last like two minutes of the fucking game, because <laughs> I hate the fucking Chiefs. I mean. 
Oh, you're a Raider fan. Well, that's um, actually uh, funny. When I got home, I asked my dad about that. I said, um, you know, not being super into sports and like to that extent, have to, to give a shit about rivalries. Um, I was really paying attention to the Kelsey brothers because they were really entertaining this whole, like this past two weeks. They've been really fucking entertaining. Jason's leading the better up. brother. <laughs> well, so I'm talking to my dad and he just goes, yeah, that's true. I fucking hate Travis though. And I started laughing. I was like, well, that makes sense. He's a, he's a fucking chief. My dad's like, no, that has nothing to do with it. And I was like, what? And he goes, I don't like him because he's just kind of an asshole. I'm like, when the fuck was he an asshole? What are you, what are you talking about? My dad uh, did not know what he was talking about. Hello, Moto. Hello, Moto. Well, that's uh, me getting a phone call. I apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then um, I was fucking sore on Monday, too. Like, good Lord, I was sore. But uh, but that's a bit about it. I'd say, like, it's it's kind of crazy right now because everything leading up to, to, to work, like, has been interesting. So my boss, my boss has me and another woman named Linda, right? Mm-hmm. Linda is getting older and her mind isn't working like it used to. Plus she has uh, two different examples of dementia in her family. And uh, she forgets things at her job very fucking easily. And um, the biggest issue that comes from that is she just forgets to call certain people or she forgets that she did something already. And it really upsets Steve. So for the past few weeks, he has been asking me if I can do more hours. Basically that during the, the weekdays when he needs to go and go to a, uh, a doctor's appointment or some, you know, something. He's got something planned. A meeting of he, uh, the old bastards or. Right, right. My favorite yeah. joke is that sometimes he'll have to do things with the Elks Lodge, which is a uh, like an old. Um, um, I'm familiar. They have the Moose Lodge out here in our region. So Okay. My when, grandfather was a big proponent and a uh, member of the uh, Moose Lodge. I I was talking to my dad about it, and I said, I said, or as I like to call it, 1K away from being a racist group. Um, Because that's all they are to me. Like, those, it's full of old people, and those things are going to die. Like, yeah. Gonna, anyway. I digress. Um, he he. Sometimes he just has shit to do, so he got Linda to come in. Well, he wants me to do that now, and I'm like, "All right, man, whatever." So I'll have more hours, not a ton more hours, but more hours nonetheless. Yeah, you know, four hours sprinkled in here, a few sprinkled in there, but. <sighs> oh, sorry, God! I don't know where these yawns are coming from. I'm not tired. <laughs> It's fucking still the morning right now. Uh, For you. Yeah, well, it's true. Man, it's fucking nice out here today. It's 67 degrees outside. I've been just sitting on the patio painting and priming since like 8 o'clock this morning. Just in and out, it's... in and out. Prime, let it secure for an hour. Paint, assemble, disassemble, prime, 
let it cure paint. It's been extra fucking cold over here. Well, it's going to be in the 40s. It's going to be in the upper 60s tomorrow, but it's going to be in the 40s like Friday and Saturday. Uh, I had to but, do laundry yesterday, and I, every time I had to leave the house to go to the... Because um, my washer and dryer is outside. We had to pay, you know, in an apartment complex. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, same here. Same here. Our like, laundry room, motherfuckers, all the dryers are broken except one, and they haven't even fixed the fucking dryers, and they've been broken down for month and a half at least since Christmas, and yet they saw it fit to up our fucking rent and make us pay $136 more a fucking month, but no, we can't have more than one fucking working dryer. <laughs> fucking office manager's never in the office. I know she has been oh, here man. literally three fucking days all year. She's supposed to be here four days a week minimum. She's been here three days all year. It's the 15th of fucking February. I'm not surprised. How was was your Valentine's Day yesterday? Uh, I kind of did not a whole... I did laundry, as I was saying earlier. (laughs) What I was going to say about the laundry part was when I had to go outside to, to, you know, put in the dryer or whatever, because I was doing my my folks too at the same time. Um, the wind chill was like bringing the temperature down to like low, like 39 or something like that. But it was supposed huh. to be 50 outside. So, and as Californians aren't used to that kind of weather, so I'm walking outside. No. Like, oh my God. Right that's through my been, bones. That's been, you know, the high for us mostly. Right. For the right. past two months. Yeah. So this week it's um, been very uncharacter uncharacteristically warm for mid February. Exact opposite over here. Um, but why don't we go ahead and uh, get to the reviews? Yeah, yeah. What are we reviewing today? So we very characteristic of Maya and I did not tell anybody we were doing this because I was gonna I was gonna tweet it out yesterday as of recording this, but again I. My brain doesn't want to fucking remember shit. Um, so we added a a comedy special, a stand-up special to our list. It's uh, Jim Jeffries' High and Dry. So we're going to talk about that. Released yesterday, Valentine's Day, on Netflix. Yep. Um, Poker Face, Episode 6. The Legend of Vox Machina, Season 2, Episodes 10, 11, 12, and 12 being the finale. And The Last of Us, Episode 5. So we'll go ahead and start with the earliest thing that we watched on our list, which was Poker Face Episode 6. Yes, yes. This was Episode 6 titled Exit Stage Death. Uh, And it starred Ellen Barkin, uh, Tim Meadows, and Jamila Jamil. Um, So three pretty notable. Well, Ellen Barkin used to be a big deal back in the 80s and early 90s. Tim Meadows, of course, you know, was on Saturday Night Live for hell and ever. And, you know, it was a good uh, character actor uh, when adding, added, uh, been added into things that I've seen over the years. And Jamila Jamil, I just know her recently from She-Hulk. Um, so she was on um, The Good Place. Okay. She, that, that was like her big, her big breakout role. Okay. Well, this episode focuses on the two stars of the long-running sitcom made up for the show, of course, Spooky and the Cop, uh, featuring uh, two feuding actors, Kathleen Townsend, played by Ellen Barkin, and Michael Graves, played by Tim Meadows, 
reuniting for a one night only regional theater performance of a play called The Ghosts of Pensacola. However, when Michael's much younger wife, Ava, dies during the performance, new dinner theater waitress Charlie must walk the line between what is real and performative. And she's trying to, you know, solve this murder because that's, you know, her bit. That's what she does. She figures out the truth. How did you feel about this episode? It was okay. I liked it better than the band one because it was a little bit more like uh, uh, twist and turny. But yeah. overall, it was it was it was it didn't it didn't tickle me like the other episodes have. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I didn't think it was as strong as. In fact, I actually liked the rest and metal episode better than this one. But it had nothing to oh, do I with anyone's. I, it had nothing to do with um, the performances of anyone. I just felt that the ending fell flat. Um, it wasn't so much the ending that fell flat to me. It was the whole story because there are things that they have that they twist, right? There's, there's, there's unexpected parts of the plot. Cause they tell you who did the murder and all that kind of shit. Yeah. So, you know, and I watched them do the murder. And then shortly after the episode had actually started, I think I said out loud, Oh, those two are in a relationship and they're trying to, you know, fake or not fake, but, uh, um, what do you call that? Uh, <sighs> They're faking their their fucking disdain for each other, so that way nobody is on the trail of them killing her. See, um, I didn't pick up on it at all. Oh, interesting. I didn't. I didn't pick up on it at all. And I normally pick up on things like that. This time, no. Not a bit. Interesting. I, I thought that her death was accidental. Until the moment when they're in the dressing room and celebrating. And I was just like, huh, they got me. <laughs> no, I saw that shit coming a mile away. And then I was like, okay. The only part that I thought was like really fucking funny to me. Like, cause that's the other thing about this show is that there's a lot of comedy in it. Right. Mm -hmm. This was the least funny episode to me so far. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of comedic, uh, anything you know, that typically is involved in the show. And I don't know if it's, you know, got to do with maybe, maybe the writer and director uh, aren't anybody that they've used before. So it just, that combination just didn't work. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like the, the other actor, the younger actor, um, she was the she was funny to me just because she didn't know what the fuck was going on. Oh, um, chubby foot. Yeah, and then she figured it out. I was like, I want to be an accomplice to the murder, and it's like, okay, <laughs> wild. But uh, I don't know. Like this one, just this one's gonna fall in the middle of that. When you watch a whole series of a show, and there's that one episode that you just completely fucking forget about. That's this, is this is gonna be the one. Be. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's not spend too much more time on it. I mean, it's fine no. enough, uh, but I would I would give it a C plus. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I'm with you. I was gonna say C because I just it didn't it didn't do much. It didn't grab me. It did. It was just it's just kind of an episode that we we got, and I was like, okay, no, it's fine. It it did its job. So yeah, C C a C a standard C. But um, all, right. all right, well that's that's episode six of Poker Face. Um, the next thing we watched on my list here is the Legend of Ox Machina. The last three episodes of season two. <clears throat> yeah. Now there's a lot that went on in these three episodes. A lot. Episode yeah. ten is called the Killbox. Episode eleven, Belly of the Beast, and episode twelve called the Hope Devourer. Devourer. Um, so episode 10 opens up with Keyleth, Vax, and Percy and Vax arriving back in Whitestone to find it hidden by a cloaking spell. They discover that three weeks had passed in Taldori during their three days in the Fey Realm. Uh, Allura views Scanlan, Pike, and Grog remotely revealing they're in Westruin. Uh, Grog belittles Kevdak for swearing fealty to a dragon then challenging, challenges him to single combat. And they begin a hand-to-hand fight, with Kevdak evil, easily overpowering the weakened Grog. Pike and Scanlan are taken captive, and as Kevdak <coughs> prepares to crush Pike, Grog discovers his inner strength, his love for Pike. Uh, his rage causes his regeneration, and he strikes back. Kevdak activates his gauntlets, doubling him in size, and knocks Grog down. This fight, by the way, was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was uh, fucking really well done. Grog states that his strength comes from the love for his friends, just as the rest of Vox Machina arrives. During the resulting melee, Vex transports Grog to a high altitude, giving them the momentum to bisect Kevdak with an axe. Grog acquires the gauntlets and names Kevdak's son, Zanror, his cousin, as the new leader of the herd, before asking for assistance in killing a dragon. During the post-battle festivities, Scanlan goes to Kaylee to a private bedroom where, after restraining him, she reveals herself as his daughter who is seeking vengeance for her mother. Big twist there. Um, yeah. I That, like... So, there was an obvious fucking... Like, you could see it coming a mile away situation with, with, with Grog and going, oh, he's going to get his strength back by, you know saying my I get it from my friends, you know, and, and I yeah. was like, that's obvious. But they were like, hey, if you haven't listened to the podcast, then you then hey, here's here's what you know, here's what you're not gonna see. So the uh Kaylee coming around the corner like that, I was like, whoa, all right. Yeah, yeah. But um so but that, that fight was awesome. The fight was yeah like, it was perfect. it was so good. Um so, episode 11, Belly of the Beast. Scanlan doesn't remember Kaylee's mother after dressing him down. Kaylee decides against killing Scanlan and leaves him pinned by an enchanted sword that can maintain its position in space, like an immovable rod. Uh, <laughs> hey, we used those in a campaign before. <laughs> Umbrasil, the black dragon, declares to Thordak that Westrun has been depleted of gold but wishes to claim the vestige before returning. Uh, Anna Ripley enters and reminds Umbrasil of their deal, the power of the vestiges, in exchange for his resources. While Grog and Percy explain their plan to trap Umbrasil, Vax visits a temple of the Matron of Ravens. Stepping into a pool of red liquid, he communes with the Matron. Their ensuing conversation leads Vax to commit to his role as the Matron's champion. He is charged with safeguarding the sanctity between life and death. 
Later on, Umbrasil is successfully ambushed, but manages to break free and cause chaos after turning invisible. Scanlan and Vax magically enter Umbrasil through his anus and use Kaylee's enchanted sword to keep him from flying. Despite the best efforts of both the herd and Vox Machina, Umbrasil forces the sword through his body and takes off with Vax and Scanlan inside him. Grog uses a grappling hook uh, and grapples himself to Umbrasil. Uh, grappling hook made from an axe and a rope, essentially. He, he, he hooks onto the ass end like the tail of uh, Umbrasil, and that's how that episode ends with the rest of the team like oh shit <laughs> yeah and then i i, I love i love that though when scanlon's like we're gonna have to enter the dragon and vax is like uh through its acid filled mouth are you insane he's like not that way <laughs> and then just using scanlon's hand to shove themselves in through the dragon's ass and then the the visual of traveling through the anus and the intestines into the stomach of the fucking dragon was hilarious. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, the uh, one of the funniest parts to me was Percy doing what Percy does, and he creates this whole elaborate trap and the mechanism and all that kind of shit. And like, you look around the room and it's like, dude, you got a bunch of fucking Half barbarian giants. marauders. Yeah. Um, like they're not they're not smart. You're over talking them, and <clears throat> he just didn't notice. Percy's going that... to Percy. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, that shit was funny. Funny. But yeah. Uh, and then what happened? Well, in the finale, the Hope Devourer, we see Grog is unable to uh, force Umbrasil to land and is thrown off. He is gravely injured even after Pike depletes her healing magic to stabilize him. She just can't heal him up enough. Uh, so he's got like broken bones and everything, and he's got splints tied to his body to try to, you know, move. Scanlan and Vax cut their way out of Umbersal mid-flight with Vax unlocking his vestiges' wings to prevent them from falling to their death. Vox Machina pursue Umbersil to his lair. However, Umbersil has already recovered from the earlier fight. In the ensuing fight, every member is incapacitated one by one. Scanlan, having spent most of the fight hiding behind a rock in fear, steals Mythcarver and stabs it into Umbrasil's eye. A lyrical tune channels a blast of energy through the sword, killing Umbrasil while Ripley slips away. Vox Machina initially believes Scanlan to be dead, lodging, uh, leading to Pike kissing him before Scanlan reveals he's still alive. During a celebratory toast at Whitestone, everyone at the table falls asleep except for Vox Machina and Keeper Yannon, who reveals herself to be the green dragon Rayshon in disguise, and tells Vox Machina she is in secret opposition to Thordak's plan and offers her aid. Meanwhile, Thordak's informed by... Uh, Vorigil the White Dragon of Umbrasil's defeat, but dismisses Vorigil's warning that Vox Machina will now target the rest of the Chroma Conclave, gazing down upon a large cache of eggs. And yeah, that's where we leave off for season two. And now we have to wait a year for season three. It sucks. Like, I, I like that they are giving us three episodes in a, in a chunk, but it's over in four weeks, which kind of fucking sucks. Yeah, but, you know, it's a nice uh, 
65, 70 minutes of fucking entertainment each week. It just, unfortunately, you know, it's only four hours. It's like, damn it. Yeah. Because it's so well-structured. Like, even the most common shit that you see in stories, the stuff that we, that we're like, oh, that was really predictable. It's still, like, highly fucking entertaining. Yeah, Um, yeah. I think that's what that's what's so successful about the show is that first off, almost everybody that is in the show is a seasoned fucking voice actor. So you get a lot of really fucking stellar voice done, voice work done in the entire show. Um, on top of that, like the studio animating the shit, like they're doing a fucking it. amazing job because everything's knocking looks... it out of the park. It's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And so then you got that, and it's just this, this fer- perfect fucking storm of just highly fucking talented people doing what they do and what they know how to do. And you're never fucking bored watching it. You're never you're never going, well, like, this is, you know, this episode kind of sucked, because not a single episode sucks. Not a no. single one. No, not at all. And, and none of them are standalone episodes because they're all interwoven into it into each other so well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I like. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just so fucking good, and and I'm I'm so happy that we get to fucking we get to watch it. Um. But yeah. that being said, I, th- I think I'm going to give the whole season a fucking A+. Every episode was an A+. Every, like, the, the whole season. It's just, it's like, I could put it in fucking S-tier. I, in fact, am putting it in S-tier. It was that much Fair. better than season one. I think that this season was so fucking good from start to finish. It deserves S-tier the whole season. Because, really, if you watch it, you can watch the entire season in an afternoon. You know, it's just over four hours in length. Yeah. Because uh, each three episode chunk was like 20, 22 to 27 minutes. So, you know, you're looking at 60 to 70 minutes four times. Four and a half hours tops. Right. I. You know, it's funny as I was talking to... Uh... I was talking to Mark, um, one of our D and D friends, um, because at the Super Bowl, because he has listened to the entire Box Machina show, and um, like he's been doing it while he's working. And I was like, "How different?" He's like, "This season is is further different than uh, the first season. The first season was pretty close to what they did in the in the show, but this season is pretty fucking different." I was like, "What's different?" He goes. He was telling me all the stuff that they did differently. He goes, but it makes sense why they would have to do that in the show. He says a lot of the stuff that happened, like, you know, you go back to, um, oh, what was the first city that got destroyed by the Chroma Conclave? Uh, Ador. 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 Is that how you spell it? Was that the city? I thought it was called something else. Um, uh, but he said, like, when they go and get all the stuff that they ended up having through the entire show. Um, he said like the, the scene where they go to um, 
Gilmore's, right? And they just start gathering shit. He goes, that didn't happen in the in the comic or the comic, the show, the the podcast. He goes, that's not how they got any of those items. I was like, oh, oh shit. And he was like, yeah, it's completely different. But you can't spend that much time in a show doing what they did, and then in the podcast. He goes, one of the biggest things about you know their first foray was you know they they had switched from um oh amon is amon amon's the name not adar adar was fucking from lords uh, lord of the rings rings of power that's why I, I was like i was like that sounds familiar but it doesn't sound like it's from this um sorry but he says like as they progress through the vox machina podcast they start to get better and better and better. And the reason that they started off really kind of not great was they had to transition everything from uh, um, Pathfinder to D&D. And so they had to create a bunch of new shit in D&D. Like one of the big things that, you know, we I kind of had a realization about was um, fucking Taliesin's character, Percy. Yeah, Percy was like it fit perfectly into Pathfinder, and they had to create new shit for him in D anD. d Yeah, because in Pathfinder, which I'm familiar with and have played, there are firearms, handguns, rifles. Yeah. Not in D anD. d No. Um. So they had to convert that shit over and figure out a way to make it work. Um. But they did a great job of doing so. Yeah, they did. They did a fantastic job. Um, but like, those are the differences. Those are the things that, you know, they can't do the same, the exact same thing. And hearing him talk about the differences, him hearing him go like, oh, they skipped over an entire part because this and that and this. And I'm like, that makes sense. Like, you cannot tell the exact same story. It, it just will not fucking work. Like, the way that D&D stories fucking flow is so much slower than a show and you're going to lose your fucking audience quick. Like, yes, a a huge chunk of the people watching legend of Vox Machina are the fans of critical role, but there's still a massive number of people who don't. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, a plus or S tier. This is the S tier. It's fucking, it's great. If you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend it. Yeah, but, don't um, sleep on it. If you if you're a fan of high fantasy uh, and solid storytelling, um, great voice acting, don't sleep on it. Check it out if you haven't already. I'm telling yeah. you, it's so good. These rundowns that we do, I mean, yeah, it spoils a few things here and there, but there's so much that's left out. It's just hitting the high notes. Yeah, well, we don't want to ruin the whole fucking thing for people. No, right? fuck no, fuck no. But yeah, and then later on Friday night, HBO aired episode five of The Last of Us because instead of its normal uh, Sunday night time slot, they said, we're giving it to you two days early because of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So we got that. And that episode was called Endure and Survive. Uh, We see Henry and Sam uh, when we last uh, saw... Joel and Ellie asleep in an apartment building. They woke up to gunpoint by Henry and Sam. 
They make a tentative truce with Joel and Ellie. Joel wants to part ways, but Henry proposes that they all escape the city together using underground tunnel routes that only Henry knows, which Joel hesitantly, hesitantly agrees to. Uh, in the tunnels, Henry confesses to Joel that he was the one responsible for the death of Kathleen's brother, turning him over to Fedra in exchange for medication for Sam's leukemia. Was it in the tunnels? I thought it was in the uh, the building above the city. Or maybe it was in the building. Because um, I just remember them standing over like a, a long shot of the city talking about going into the sewers. Maybe it was before they went into the sewers. Because um, Yeah, because Joel was like... Um, like he was like, I don't trust a rat or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was it was just before they descended. Yeah. And then he tells him, Well, I didn't tell you the whole thing, and I did it for this. And then Joel's like, Okay, I understand why you did it now, and I don't hold that against you. Exactly. Um so after they escaped through the tunnels, uh, and I love how they translated this from the game. In the game uh, you know, the, the group that Henry and Sam and Joel and Ellie are on the run from is, but they're just simply referred to as the hunters in the game. No, we're not given any backstory. It's just the hunters. And we assume they just want to take what they can off of people and whatever reason. Uh, and in this section of the game, they're in a neighborhood and there's a hill and Joel has to, make his way to take around the back of a house to take out a sniper. And then from his point of view, he has to provide cover for Henry, Sam and Ellie in the fucking video game by taking out hunters as they're coming through the fucking neighborhood, you know, one at a time, you know, groups of three and four, you got to take them out really fast before the next wave comes. Yeah. Well, in this Kathleen and the rest of her people, uh, well, Joel has to take out this sniper who's shooting at him, right? Yeah. Uh, he does so, but as he's doing so, that's when Kathleen and the rest of her people show up with fucking dozens of fucking vehicles and weapons. And, you know, there's probably 30 or 40 of them. I like the, the, the fucking makeshift car that had run on the fucking front of it. Yeah, yeah, because it had a fucking... Uh, a, like a snowplow kind of on the front of it with run spray painted on it. Yeah. I thought it was a snowplow, but I was like, is it just like, cause maybe, cause maybe they like fucking welded a backhoe to it or something like that. A backhoe shovel or a bucket. But <clears throat> cause I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell exactly what it was. And I was like, is it maybe that? But yeah, it was really cool because you hear Joel scream at him run and they start running, and he's he's starting to pick them off, but it's obvious he's not going to be able to pick all of them off. But the the vehicle that has run on the blade that's attached to the front, he takes out the driver, and that driver crashes into one of the houses. Well, that house happened to be over top of tunnel that happened to be very weak because underneath was a large swarm of infected. And as Kathleen's going to shoot Henry, uh, the house collapses, the truck collapses into the ground, and a 
fucking horde of infected just emerge from underground and they're on fire and everything. We actually see a fucking bloater for the first time. So, uh, so last week, this is, this is, I fucking love this last week. Um, uh, we see a preview before episode five, like right after episode four, it aired that shows a bloater coming out of the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. There's like, a, there's like a real quick trailer. And I go, Oh my god, it's a fucking bloater. My dad says, "What? What's that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's it's a fucking big guy. It's a big fucking infected." He goes, "Like worse?" And I went, "Oh yeah, you'll see. It's he. They're terrifying." And he goes, "Okay." And then he throughout the week he's asking me like, "So what is a bloater? Like, are they just infected longer?" No, yeah, that's basically it. And he goes, "Are they like stronger?" And I was like, "Yeah, they're stronger." And he goes, "Okay," because that, that here's the thing about my dad. He doesn't do scary. And so when the show gets a little dark and it's a little spooky, he mm-hmm. won't shut the fuck up. He will not <laughs> shut the fuck up. And it's hilarious. And he goes, um, so like during the moments where they're underground, he just is like, man, check every corner. Like, don't fucking take that light off the hallway. Like he's talking out loud because he's so nervous. Oh, he's one of those people in the movies. Uh-huh. It is it is so fucking funny to watch things that are mildly scary with him. So I go, I go, uh um we get to the part with the horde or the, the horde comes out of the ground, and my dad's like, You didn't say anything about a horde. And I was like, Oh, did I not mention that a bloater usually comes with a horde? Did I not did I not tell you that? Did I not express that? I'm sorry, that's something I probably should have told you, but I intentionally left out. And he just goes, Not cool. <laughs> it's like very cool. <laughs> very cool. So this so. this this bloater, it just wades in and into this fucking militia of Kathleen's, and you know her right hand man Perry is just unloading the fucking clip on fucking uh, fully automatic onto this fucking thing. Doesn't phase it. I mean, bloaters are so old and so covered in this fungal armor. It's almost impenetrable. Yeah. Uh, so he just walks right up to Perry and grabs his body and rips his head off. And we see a child version of a clicker that attacks and just pummels and kills Kathleen. Uh, uh, real quick, before you before you continue, that death that Perry had is the same kind of death you can get in the game as Joel. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, that's fucking rad. Boss, I also have something to say about a couple things in that scene when you're done describing it. Well, I'm done describing that scene. Um, um, so the bloater, the bloater himself, was a... That was all practical. The suit was yeah. 100% practical. Yeah, I think the guy was like 6'6 that was inside it. Yes. The suit itself weighed 200 pounds alone. Jesus Christ. The dude inside is a fucking... like he's He's... He's a part of like the the strongman competition stuff. Oh, sweet! Um, yeah, they were like, we need a dude that can handle this load. Uh, that suit, hmm. just that one suit, cost five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Make. Also, I think you just said the name of the podcast. Um, this episode, we need a dude that can handle this load. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, 
dude yeah and then the little girl that was in the back seat she's an actual um gymnast uh slash um contortionist contortionist yeah she's like 13 years old or some shit and so she she was hired for that scene i was like that's really fucking that's good that's terrifying so that works out but um yeah there was a bunch of little so, things yeah. like that through the whole episode they're awesome in the ensuing chaos uh joel and ellie and henry and sam get away they make their way to a motel and ellie and sam are in like the bedroom area of a suite and joel and henry are in like the living room area of a suite uh i think or maybe it was just adjoining hotel rooms i'm not sure i don't remember the particulars of but regardless sam shows ellie that he was bitten on the leg ellie cuts her hand open rubs it on his wound she says my blood is special hoping that she could cure him the next morning he's sitting on the bed and she nudges him on the shoulder and he turns around he's infected starts just attacking her and henry is forced to shoot him and kill his little brother and then turns the gun on and shoots himself and joel and ellie bury them and then set off on foot heading west and that's how the episode ends this part of the this part of the show was identical to the game um just if you flipped the mirror like a mirror image um you know like him tackling her through the door and then joel going to grab a weapon but henry saying no and then pointing it at fuck and then, and then shooting his brother and then freaking out and then shooting himself like that entire scene is in the game like, yeah note for note i've watched people put the scenes next to each other and it's like even time to the same yeah i'm like that's fucking rad and but, it's no, brutal wrong. I've, I've said yeah sorry as i say, I've said ad nauseum in this podcast that a show doesn't have to be identical to the game, but when they do things like that, it makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the brutality of this this life that they have to live now. It's like, unfortunate you see infected children and, you know, with the 13-year-old girl, and then you see Sam, who in the game, I think he was 11 or 12, but in this... I thought he was episode, the same age as Ellie. He may have been, he may have been 14 in the game, but in this one, in the show, he was eight. So we see an eight-year-old get infected and then... The age of Sam in The Last of Us video game. But yeah. 13. He's 13. So he's a year younger. He was a year younger. He was 13. Okay. Uh, Just really, really strong episode. The people that didn't know the game and didn't know the spoilers, like, they've been tweeting out things and they're just like angry that the show told that story but like angry not angry at the writers just more angry that they kind of had to subject themselves to that kind of brutality and i'm like i kind of get it it's the same shit like when you watch fucking game of thrones you're like i really like that character and then they get killed or like when uh um the brutal scene with um oh what's his ass in in the walking dead glenn yeah yeah it's it's you know i get it i get it. it it fucking sucks like it's it's you know but that's a drama that's what you get like a good drama a drama that doesn't have to hold back and so 
very fucking A plus to this episode. A plus. I don't think we've yeah. given any episode in the show so far not an A plus. So you kind of see where this is going. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely an A plus. It's fucking just incredibly well done, and I love how you know in the tunnels they find the shelter, you know, where people were actually living. And you see the children's drawings in the playroom and everything. And then the children's drawings, apparently a couple of the Fedra officers were their protectors and were keeping them secret. But, you know, then that raises the question, oh, shit, did Henry sell out their protectors? Is that, <coughs> is, is he directly responsible for this hidden colony of people becoming infected now? You know, uh, course it's not something that he's going to have to live with um no. but well, it I, I the love question that, i love that this episode did a little bit better than the game did of kind of explaining and giving justification why henry would shoot himself so quick after having shot, shot sam and this out and all this kind of stuff and you're like yeah and it goes back to episode three of like, you were my purpose. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's furthering that context. Like the game does that pretty well, but this show does it better. Just straight up personal. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why I have to say that out loud. I'm the one that said it. So but sorry. I just, I could talk about how great this fucking show is and how well structured it is and how much like. I said that to somebody at the Super Bowl party because they hadn't watched an episode of the show and they were like, well, I like the game. And I'm like, it's better than this game. It straight up is. And they were like, what? And I was like, and I fucking love the game. The game is a fucking, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 game. And they're like, how is it better than the game then? I'm like, you have to watch and see, but it's better than the game. So. Yeah, it really is. But. It really is. I, and I'm actually going back and replaying the game a little bit by a little bit. Um. And, you know, I've played through the game three or four fucking times before. So it's not like I'm trying to rush through playing it again. Um, I'm just taking my time with it. But, yeah, this show is I was gonna incredibly say, well done. I was going to ask you if you actually are playing it, considering that uh, every time I see you on PlayStation, you're playing uh, Red Dead. Well... I play when I play Red Dead Online first thing in the mornings when I get up at like six in the morning, and I'll play it till about eight, uh, just getting my daily challenges done, and then that's it. That's that's I'm done with it. Oh, I said it. Then I flip I over to you know sometimes I'll play it for about an hour before I go to bed, so that's when you'll see it at night, I guess, if you're still up. Well, well, yeah. that's why I was that's why I was curious as to what you were doing in the game because I know you're not like a multiplayer person. So, but I guess we'll if see. You play... I I do play the online multiplayer on it, but I don't play with anybody. I just play by myself because there's plenty of missions and shit that you can do by yourself solo. Yeah, to just have something to do because I love that game. I love that game. It's one of the best fucking games there are. You know. Um, and I just, I'm not ready to put it down yet. So I just do that for a couple hours each morning or an hour late at night before I go to bed. And sometimes there have been times where I've like fallen asleep playing it in my moonshine shack, doing a thing and 
you know, you know that, honestly, that's the only time it, that's the only time it won't time out because oh, it has I, a 15 I, minute timeout if you're inactive for 15 minutes unless yeah, you're in your moonshine sense. shack um the reason i was also asking is because i know that that game has um like a bunch of stuff in the single player that you have to do to, to 100 it and i was like is she trying to 100 it right now like i thought she already did so i was like i, I always went to no no i'm actually at 97 percent and i am slowly trying to 100 percent it what i have to do well, to 100 the only thing i have left to do to 100 percent it is i have to get 70 gold rating gold gold star ratings on missions Okay, because I know that somebody I was reading a thing. Somebody was talking about that the one of the hardest things to do is like get a certain satchel, but you have to get like a hundred fucking gold star satchels or some. Sh- I don't know. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm slowly working towards that too. So anyway, we should. Uh, hello, Moto. Uh, <laughs> God funny. damn it. Have in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> um, so I have a, a yeah, I've got a Motorola phone. People, well, what do you what do you have? <laughs> uh, the other thing that we we added, the last thing that we added, that we watched yesterday, less than twenty four um, hours ago, was uh, Jim Jeffries' new stand up special. Maya hit me with this at like it was pretty early for me. Well, it was about this time yesterday afternoon. <coughs> was it okay? I thought it was earlier than that. It may, it, actually, it was probably a little bit earlier because I don't think Madison was home from school yet. And uh, Madison just got home from school, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's called High and Dry. Um, it's an hour and eight minutes long. It's a stand-up uh, special. It's Jim Jeffries. Like, it's going to be offensive and whatnot, so. And, I don't know how to honestly, it. Honestly, I think it's better than his last two or three specials have been. Um, sure. I don't like to be honest, this one didn't it I don't think I laughed one time. I think I chuckled. Really? I laughed my ass off. Mm-mm. There was just a lot that I was like, eh, it's all right. This joke's a fine, I guess. Like I was not offended, but it was just like it felt like he was taking the easy street on a lot of his jokes. Like, nothing felt as creative as some of the stuff he's done in the past. Yeah, his earlier stuff is obviously funnier. Um, but, dude, that part when he was, like, talking about trans people. And he's, and he's like, you know, I love LGBT people. Huh. I love the L. I love the G. Love the T, love the B, love the Q. Not all at once. I love them each individually. They all got nothing in fucking common. <laughs> it's just uh, so that that joke right there felt. You know what it felt like to me, and I hate to do this to Jim because he's such a, a better person. But it felt like the same kind of joke that Dave Chappelle tried to tell. Like, when he, I don't know. I haven't heard Dave's. Oh, I did. But, <clears throat> well, because Dave, Dave did some something similar where he was just kind of like, "I have nothing against the LBGT people, like uh, the, the the Alphabet Mafia." He goes, 
but then he started going into like the stuff that you know we've heard where he's just like they're fucking targeting me on social media that kind of shit so but it was like it just felt i don't know it didn't it just didn't do any like this one just didn't 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 fucking hit my funny bone like his past stuff has that's unfortunate uh, the the joke he was telling about the the transgenders, trans trans the transgendered two jokes he told uh, were pretty fucking funny to me. Uh, especially as he's like, you know, I love transgender people. Those people got a story. And if there's one thing you tell me, you cut your dick off. I want to sit down and talk to you. <laughs> and how he's going on about the whole procedure. He's like. Yeah, yeah they, they cut it off and they chuck it on a tray <laughs> and then they take a spoon and shovel a hole. I was laughing my ass off because obviously that's not how it's done. But no, it's and, uh, fucking funny as hell. And 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 all that stuff is funny, but not make me belly laugh funny, not make me laugh out loud funny. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's a couple like the, the way that I describe certain comedians to, to this extent is like there's comedians that make me laugh really fucking hard. And then there's comedians that just entertain me because what they're saying is keeping my attention in a comedic manner. And that's what yeah. this was. His past gotcha. stuff has made me belly laugh. This this just didn't like there's nothing inherently wrong with this special. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not good. Um, Like the, he had a whole bit. Like he had a good callback towards the end. Um, the Greta Thunberg. Yeah, that was a good callback. Uh, that the this thing that made me laugh probably the most was his whole thing about um, was it Swedish people? Yeah, yeah. How there's no nobody, nobody exists. Nobody's ugly in Switzerland because <laughs> they just throw away the baby. <laughs> like, like oh here's your baby. Oh, uh, there's your and then he just goes. He just, he just on the mic just goes. <laughs> Yeah, that shit was funny as hell too. He holds it up to, he holds it up to the official guy. Guy looks at it. Yes, no. no. <laughs> yeah, See, that was that was funny. And then like, and then the women are so used to it in that country, they're just like, "Hey, where's my baby? Oh, was it ugly? Okay. Oh, oh, oh maybe it was ugly. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that shit made me laugh, but. I don't know the the transgender jokes weren't bad. It just it just didn't yeah they weren't well. offensive transgender jokes, which is the no. difference between well, his and I wouldn't say they weren't offensive, but they weren't they weren't uh, they weren't made to be offended offensive to that degree. Like it wasn't no, offensive no. for offensive sake. No, no. Like I love fucking offensive comedy. I, like one of my favorite comics is oh, uh, I do too. Anthony Jeselnik. Holy shit, that guy's great. Like genuinely, if you have not heard Anthony Jeselnik's comedy, I fucking highly recommend it. But, um, yeah, I would say that this special for me gets a solid C plus. Oh, like, okay. Nothing was that fucking funny to me. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. Like, it, it, it was fine. It entertained me for you know an hour fifteen minutes, but like, if I'm gonna watch Jim Jeffries, it's gonna be his old stuff. Like, it felt like he just played it safe. Well, I think he was a little riskier than he has been in his past three. Uh, intolerant, this is me now, and freedom. Um, 
See, freedom, but, freedom is. Oh my god, that one's so fucking funny. Well, freedom is really good. I think it's his best one since freedom. Uh, but you know, his earlier ones, Bear was a riot. And that's where his gun control thing came from. Right. Fully functional was fucking wonderful. Alcoholicost, oh my god, that was great. Yeah, and I swear to God, you know, the, 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 I've seen all of those. I haven't, I haven't seen contraband. I don't think, or maybe I have, and I've only seen it once. But yeah, I, I love his, I love his shit. But his earlier stuff is funnier. Uh, but I thought this was, you know. Uh, better than the last two, and I enjoyed it enough to give it an A. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, love you, Jim. Like you're gonna fucking hear this. <laughs> I was gonna make that call. I was gonna make that joke, but I was like, eh, you know, I'm just gonna let her do her thing. Um, the DJ yeah, Qualls, so- the DJ Qualls fucking coming out story was hilarious. I see that was the part of the of the thing to me that was the least funniest. Really? Oh yeah, like that that whole thing. I was like, this is uh, this is feels like a long story. I did not I did not laugh at that bit at all. I was like, uh huh, uh huh. Oh, oh, okay, uh huh. <laughs> I know that you loved it, and I'm just kind of talking shit on it, but it's like. You know, I got to be truthful. I got to, you know. Oh, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I just hate shitting on things Holy that somebody else enjoyed. Holy shit. Raquel Welch died. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, damn. Uh, I'm having a trouble putting her face. Um. Because I know the actress. I know I've seen her in things. Uh, Raquel Welsh. There we go. Okay, there we go. Jesus Christ, I just need a face. I just need to see a face. Internet. Um, Alright, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Um, next week is going to be pretty simple. It's just going to be episode 6 of The Last of Us and episode 7 of Poker Face. Um, if, we, if we do come across something, which I think that there is something this week. I know that like Thursday, I'm going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But... I'm going to try to go see it Friday if everything works well. Works out. Well, uh, well, well, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll let you know, keep you updated on that. But I think, well, Misty, I'd love gets, to paid tomorrow. Misty gets paid tomorrow and she gets the her state tax refund back tomorrow, too. Ooh, so nice. So, and then her federal next week. So we'll have cushion money again. Yeah. I know so, you guys like to make a thing of it because the theater in town fucking sucks ass. So. We don't even have a theater in town. The closest theater is 35 minutes away. Oh, that was the other place you lived. Because I remember you talking about that there was one. Might have not been you? Well, when, when we lived in Norton, but we've not lived in Norton since 2011. But that theater... In Norton, which is 35 minutes, you know, to get there with traffic, um, it sucks. It sucks. I mean, it's stadium style, which is standard for theaters these days, but the picture quality isn't good. The sound quality is worse. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, ooh, yeah, I can pay $7 
and or six bucks and go to a matinee or i can drive an hour and a half go to a good theater pay 11 12 bucks for a matinee but then go spend time with misty's sister and her family and have a day of things and enjoy myself and have good quality you know that's what i prefer to do yeah oh no i get it i yeah i totally understand that like 100 um well if we do end up adding eight men in the west quantum mania if everything works out make sure you follow us on the social medias um, all the links will be down below. We'll try to let you know, but Jesus Christ, we're so bad about it. Um, we are. But, we really uh, are. We're so, God, it's it's just surprising y'all every fucking week because we just don't think about it. Like our social, like we should be, uh, you know, we should be putting more effort into our social media, but we just, we just don't. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's our Achilles heel, or as the guy on Wheel of Fortune said, Achilles. Well, here's here's the thing. I only have one of those now, and the one that I was respond that was responsible for taking care of that got cut off. Fair enough. So I will take all the blame for it. She she says this like, like we had a like we didn't have a problem with it before, but pre foot being gone, didn't really. Uh, guys, check out our Teespring store if you'd like some uh, some merch. Uh, spring is coming up; it's still kind of cold out. You can grab yourself a beanie with our logo on it, or nope, uh, I thought a beanie was on there. Nope, no, nope, I can't grab a beanie. My bad. But what you can grab is a mug with our with our faces and, and logo on it, which you can put some coffee in when it's nice and cold outside. Um, it doesn't have to be cold for coffee. Can you just? You just let the ad write itself. <laughs> I'm just saying, real coffee drinkers drink it any day of the week. <laughs> also, uh, certain coffee drinkers have a heart problem where they can't drink too much caffeine. <laughs> so it's one cup a day. Not this one. And I'm not drinking decaf because fuck that. It's like drinking non-alcoholic beer. Um, anywho... Uh, yeah, if you buy anything from there, uh, use code AQU15 for 15% off and let us know that you used it. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll retweet your picture. Like, let us know. Let us know that you bought something. Um, yeah, like I said last week, we're not really doing video anymore for a podcast. Like, it's just, it was for YouTube and our YouTube doesn't get a whole lot of traffic. So, um, we're still uploading the episodes to YouTube. If you want to right. listen to it on YouTube, that's fine. Yeah. Um, which oddly but, enough, our listens have gone up in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Cause we're not on camera anymore. Um, that was a self-deprecating joke and a fuck you to Maya. That's what that was. That was an insult to both of us. Ha ha. I don't accept cause I'm hot. <laughs> well, you should probably put a, probably put a fan in your room or something. Uh, anywho, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile, and it is also linked to my Twitter and Instagram accounts there. So it's your one-stop shop for everything that I'm up to. Uh, you know, and just, I post random things all over the place, mostly to be funny. For instance, today, I posted a tweet from a couple of years ago from someone and it says 
The term girlfriend implies the existence of a girl foe. This is a service I'm willing to provide. This is the kind of humor that makes me laugh. Uh, and, you know, there's dark humor, too. But I'm just saying, come at me. <laughs> anyway. Let's go down. Anyway, uh, that's that's me. Where can people find you, Greg? Uh, you can find me on all social medias under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, I post a lot of... Uh, uh, video game like clips and content from when I play games with friends and we have voices come through. Like it's really weird that the PlayStation does this cool feature where you can set up to up to 15 minutes of a record. And then like, as long as people have permit, you know, give permission to the system to record your voice, the clips themselves have the voice audio. Um, the problem is, is the Xbox doesn't. So then I have to stream the game to get the voice audio. And then if one of the people that's in the party decides to not have their voice on, the clip doesn't fucking land. And I'm like, this is a hassle. It's a pain in my dick. Anyway, um, I do I do post those clips there. I'm actually going to post a bunch today as of recording this um, from uh, playing uh, Uno and Wheel of Fortune last night because we had some pretty fucking funny moments with that. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, that's 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 it for me. Um, but yeah, guys, remember uh, Last of Us episode six, Poker Face episode seven, potentially Amen in the Lost Quantum Mania. Hopefully, hopefully we can. I'm definitely watching it th- tomorrow afternoon, Thursday at three o'clock is my ticket time. So I'm very excited about it. I know that it's like the second MCU movie to get an actual rotten on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, but I'm like, I don't care. Like I really enjoyed Eternals, so I'll probably really enjoy Amen in the Lost three yeah i love kang and i've been looking forward to kang for a while now yeah yeah same um but yeah all right guys thank you so much for listening we we love you thank you so much again and again and again and again always remember fuck the gop fuck the nra donate and help while you can and we'll see you next week take care everybody